Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm so excited that it's finally spring. So if you guys are kind of like, oh shit, (laughs) it's spring. Summer is right around the corner, and you are thinking that you have some health goals that maybe you kind of put on the back burner during the winter months. I feel like most of us do. You know, it, it's hard to get motivated when it feels like the summer and wearing a bathing suit is so far away, but I am your girl if you want to discuss your health goals and make some real progress before the summer months show up. So I offer a one-on-one coaching program. It's a three-month program where we meet every other week and we talk about your health goals and all of the things that can help you to move towards them. Um, I help give you different tips, but I also give you so much information to help with your mindset um, and all of the things that really are what help us to actually achieve our goals. Because it's not just about the formula or the quote unquote diet, which I hate that word. Um, It's so much more about the mindset that we have about it and if we really believe that we can make a change in our lives. So I would love to support you guys through that. Um, Also, when you sign up with me, you get access to all of my um, lists. So basically, I have a detox grocery favorites list, which is all my favorite grocery items, which have already been pre-validated that they include clean ingredients. So it makes grocery shopping super easy because reading labels can feel really daunting, especially in the beginning. So that makes life a lot easier. Um, speaking of how reading labels is daunting, I also have my toxic ingredients list, which is ingredients to look out for on labels and make sure that you are avoiding as much as possible. And then I also have my clean products list, which is all products that I use. It is everything from the things that I use in my home, like cleaning products, um, down to like my skincare, deodorant, laundry detergent, all that stuff. So You guys will have access to all of that if you sign up with me, as well as my um, recipes. So I have 30 plus plant-based recipes that are omnivore tested (laughs) and approved. Um, They are plant-based, they are mostly gluten-free and mostly soy-free. So you guys can learn more about my program. You can check out my website. I'll link up to that in the show notes. And also I offer a free one-on-one consultation so you can see what coaching is like. Um, get a concept of if we would work well together. And even if you're not thinking about signing up for coaching, you just kind of want someone to like talk to. You're just like curious about this whole like health coaching world. There is no obligation to sign up. I'm more than happy to just chat with you for free. So you can, again, I will link up into the show notes to book a free consultation. I also did a podcast episode all about what to expect from the free consultation. So you guys can check that out. I'll link up to that in the show notes as well. So now let's get into our topic for this week, which is talking about organic and GMOs. So this is obviously a very hot topic. Um, I've definitely talked before about the importance of choosing organic, but I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a deeper dive into the topic. So what exactly does organic mean? So basically the guidelines for organic farming include everything from making sure that they don't use synthetic fertilizers and pesticides, which of course is what I feel like most of us are aware of in many ways is the most important and that that part of it that we're going to really dive in deeper to today. They also don't include GMOs. So when you see an organic label, you don't also need to see a non-GMO label. It is already implied in organic. They also use just more 
sustainable practices when it comes to farming, like positive soil building, conservation, crop rotating, all of that stuff. And in terms of animal products, it is super, super important to always choose organic because it means that they don't use antibiotics or hormones and that they're given 100% organic feed. And that's super important because so many factory farmed animals are given tons of antibiotics because of the unsanitary conditions that they're kept in. Um, They're obviously being given growth hormones and then lots of GMO feed or worse. So really, really important that we are choosing organic for animal products. And then what are GMOs? So they are, it stands for genetically modified organisms. So basically they are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from either bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. And of course, if you see a label that says non-GMO, that means that it doesn't include any of those GMOs. So it feels like everything could potentially have GMOs in it, even though there are actually only 10 crops in the U.S. that are GMO crops. The issue is that a lot of packaged foods include variants of these 10 crops. So the 10 crops are alfalfa, apples, canola, corn, cotton, papaya, potatoes, soybeans, summer squash, and sugar beets. So again, as many of us know, corn and soybeans come in many, many different forms. Same with canola. I mean, these can show up in lots and lots of different ways on a label. And then sugar beets, for those of you who are not aware, is um, basically used to create sugar. So when you um, see sugar on a label, I want to say I think it's about 70% of the time it's cane sugar. The rest of the time it's sugar beets. But if it doesn't specify that it's cane sugar, it's possible it's sugar beets and therefore it could have GMOs if it's not labeled organic or non-GMO. So in general, GMOs don't have to be a bad thing. Um, actually there are some crops like papaya and summer squash where it's used to prevent viruses from killing these crops. So basically if we didn't have, um, some GMO versions of these, it's possible that they could have gone completely extinct. So in that case, that is obviously like a noble reason to create GMOs. Although we still don't understand fully the impact on human health whenever we're kind of like tinkering with nature, but that is at least like a good reason for us to be using GMOs. The issue is that for most GMO foods like soybeans, canola, alfalfa, sugar beets, and corn, they are made Roundup ready by injecting them with a gene that makes them resistant to glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup weed killer. And basically this means that the crops can be really, really heavily sprayed without running the risk of killing the plant itself, but a significant amount is then absorbed into the plant of that glyphosate, which obviously we then end up eating. So the issue with Roundup is that it is really destructive to our health. And Roundup is used on both non-GMO and GMO crops and on about 70 different food crops in the U.S. And it is the most widely used herbicide and pesticide in the U.S. Nearly every time a government agency or public interest group tests for glyphosate on non-organic foods, they find it. So some of the issues that Roundup can cause, first of all, is endocrine disruption. And this is something that I talk about often with toxins in general, which obviously glyphosate is a toxin. It disrupts our natural hormonal function, which impacts everything from our fertility, sleep, moods, weight, everything. So as we know, also all of our hormones are really closely linked. So it can just cause so many downstream impacts in our body. 
It also disrupts our body's ability to detox. It disrupts the P450 pathway to our liver, which helps to detoxify our body. So basically, obviously, this is a toxin that we need our body to be able to do its thing and get rid of, and it actually ends up making it harder for our body to do just that. It's also cancer-causing. So in 2019, a federal jury unanimously determined that Roundup was responsible for causing cancer. And since then, Bayer Monsanto, which is Roundup's producer, has had to pay out $18 billion in cancer settlements. So that's really scary. Um, Also, it it affects our ability to absorb nutrients. So basically, the way that glyphosate works as a a weed killer is that it binds to the minerals Um, that the plant is trying to absorb, and then they can't absorb those minerals, and that ultimately makes the weed nutrient deficient, so it dies. And obviously, this happens in a much smaller scale in our much larger bodies than obviously a weed, but the same thing is happening within our bodies, and it's making it harder for us to absorb the nutrients from the foods that we're eating. And then finally, it also impacts our gut. So same thing as with hormones, our gut has so many other influences on our body. It's not just about digestion. Our gut is our second brain. Tons of our neurotransmitters um, come from there, whether it's serotonin, dopamine, GABA, all of those things. Also, our immunity is so closely linked to our gut health. So it's really, really important to make sure that we avoid things that disrupt our gut. So Roundup acts as an antibiotic and it kills the good gut bacteria, but not the bad (laughs) So this leads to dysbiosis in our gut, which basically is when the bad outweighs the good and it can have all kinds of negative impacts. So what do we do about this? Obviously, we want to buy organic and non-GMO whenever we possibly can. Unfortunately, though, we all know that sometimes that's not an option. Sometimes we don't see, like the grocery store doesn't have an organic option for everything. So we definitely want to understand when to pick our shots kind of thing. So I've talked before definitely about the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, which are lists that are put out by the Environmental Working Group, and they state the produce that has the highest amount of pesticide residue when conventionally grown, which is the Dirty Dozen, and then the lowest, which is the Clean 15. So the Dirty Dozen are the ones that are most important to make sure that we are buying organic whenever possible, and then the Clean 15 is less important. But again, It's ideal to be buying organic whenever we possibly can. Also, rice, wheat, oats, chickpeas, and nuts are heavily sprayed as well. So we really want to buy them organic whenever we possibly can. And then, of course, those 10 GMO crops, which, again, those are alfalfa, apples, canola, corn, cotton, papaya, potatoes, soybeans, summer squash, and sugar beets. And the thing to remember about these, again, is that they're not just going to show up on a label that way. (laughs) They come in so many different forms. So in the show notes, I'm going to link to a full list of all the different ways that they could be showing up on a label. And you want to make sure that you're always looking for organic or non-GMO for those foods. So I have actually created a handy-dandy little chart that you can actually save on your phone as a picture, and then it's super easy for you to reference when you're at the grocery store and you want to understand which foods are most important to buy organic and which ones are the least. Um, Another thing to note is that if there's something that you're eating pretty much every day multiple times a day, even if it's on the Clean 15 or it's not part of this list, I would definitely recommend going organic there as well. 
And then again, of course, animal products, always, always organic whenever you're eating them. So I would love to share this little chart with you guys. If you rate and review the podcast, I will send it your way. Um, I so appreciate you guys listening and I would love to hear if you're enjoying it and if you're getting value. Um, also would love to hear if you have any suggestions, any topics that you would like me to cover. I would love your input. So thanks again. And I hope you have a great day. Bye.